what happens when a black guy, a white dude, and an Hispanic man happen to be pro wrestling marks? You get debates, roasting, and fun in Jeet Nation's newest podcast, Breaking Ring Rust. And it starts right now. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, marks of all ages, welcome back to another bonus episode of Breaking Ring Rust. I am your host, Rocky Mr. Magic. Back with me is my tag team partner, The Cold Heart, JT. What's up, man? Uh, I'm, I'm just eager to talk about last night. Yes, indeed. And bring it back to a trifecta is our recurring guest slash uh third member of the new day mixed in with the fabulous free birds the oh, franchise no. matt privet we need to get a unicorn uh, horn i i am not eager to talk about any of this but i'm here anyway i'm just trying to picture what matt would look like with the unicorn horn i uh, not not just the unicorn horn the unicorn horn and the mullet mm-hmm. Not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I tried the mullet back in '89, and uh, no, we're, we're gonna just for the record. When I met Matt, he still had the mullet. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, it wasn't until about '91 that I finally yeah. said goodbye for good. I, I was actually with Matt when he cut off the mullet. That I don't remember, yeah. but uh, free birth style. May it rest in yeah. peace. Yeah. So uh, the mullet uh, is not an option for Matt or I at this point. Unless oh, it's never. like the Dwayne Gillett. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yes, the Dwayne Gillett. Uh, so we're having fun tonight, so I hope you have fun with us. Uh, well, we're getting the fun out of the way before we talk about money in the bank. Well, we're we have gonna- to laugh so that we don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> this is how we keep our spirits up. Um, if you cried with uh, some of us last night during Money in the Bank, we're going to hear to, you know, recap it and dig those wounds in. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're doing a quasi-watch long because, of course, there is the big announcement of a new title being announced on Raw. So the franchise will be keeping his eye on Raw, either doing some pain while doing that. And we're going to talk about what transpired at money in the bank so if you join us for our last episode we had some predictions that didn't exactly come to fruition uh as we thought they would but we had some things take place so let's start with actually actually show me really go in order well, let's um, go with the let's go with what did go in order and 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 let's start with the pre-show and and here here's what i'll say i spent a lot of time yesterday looking at different like um betting sites different uh like bleacher report um places like that uh cbs sports and all that had their own predictions different wrestling websites not one site not one predicted what happened on the kickoff show not one everyone every single person uh, us included had uh, Brian and Rowan going away, over. 
I mean, there yes. was not one person who had the Usos going over. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense, right. but whatever. And so you have a, a now you have a raw team that holds the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. But 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 they're wild cards. Yeah, it still doesn't make any sense. But making sense is is not a theme for last night. That was a title match. Yeah, as I read, it was a non-title match. No, it was. I a title didn't match. get to see it. Okay, I, I didn't get to see it. I the the website I saw reported as is non-title, so I'm surprised to hear that. Mm. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't watch that match. Um, I had to run an errand, so. Um, I, I was disappointed I missed it, but I didn't see that. Um, so I can't comment I, on the quality of the match. I did I did watch the match. Um, it had some decent action, as you expected. These these teams do have uh, decent chemistry, especially Rowan and the Usos. They've had 8,000 matches together. Um, I'm not going to say the match was fantastic. The match was good. Um, the result makes no sense because you put – tag titles on Rowan and Brian for two and a half weeks, if that long. Um, taking them off the Usos essentially for two and a half weeks just to put it back on them. Uh, just scattered brain schizophrenic booking that Miss McMahon is currently doing right now. Um, if you loved, if you like tag team wrestling, it wasn't bad to watch, but it just, it didn't help anything uh, on this card. It just didn't make anything better. Also, it didn't make any sense for Brian to take the fall because in his last three televised matches, he's taken the fall in two of them. Yes. And he was the world champion for several months going in from yeah, October to WrestleMania. Yeah. So he's got, you know, so he's got like a six month title reign and, and he's meeting all these people and he's, you know, this, you know, you know, impressive champion. And then he has this hard fall loss at WrestleMania and then he, and then he loses in a tag team match. Yeah. It, it makes absolutely zero sense. It, I don't know what they're the, what the mindset is with, with Dan, with pushing Daniel Bryant down. Go ahead, what is, for what it's worth, the WWE website says that Brian and, and uh, Rowan are still the champions. That may not have updated, but they're usually pretty quick with that kind of stuff. So maybe it was non-title. I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. I was preaching at the time. So, um, uh, well, I, I missed the finish, so maybe it was non-title. Um, okay. so I saw most of the match. For a kickoff show match, it was it was good, but well, I'm sure it was a I'm sure it was a decent match. I mean. Yeah. I, but, uh, Nevertheless, having Brian catch the fall doesn't make a lick of sense. Doesn't make sense. Correct. I agree. Ha ha having Brian on the pre-show makes no sense. Yes. I mean, the man was in the WrestleMania world title match a month and a half ago. Correct. I, I don't know what they're doing. But whatever. You know, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Clearly. Okay. Just so, clear, um, Daniel Bryan uh, won the title on November 13th. Okay, um, November. And then April, he, April. yeah, and then he lost April seventh. So almost a full six months. Yeah. yeah. You don't you don't take even if he hadn't, come on, we're talking about a former champion multiple times. Right. He should he should not be taking falls on pre shows. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't I, I don't care what he what he could have done backstage, he should not be taking falls like that. Right. Right. 
All right, so let's go to uh, what made Matt's kids quite happy. And mine. Uh, and yours. Yeah. Uh, the women's money in the bank match, where you have Nikki Cross, Natty, Naomi, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Manny Rose, Ember Moon, and Bailey with Bailey winning the money in the bank contract. Yeah. Now, Matt and I talked a lot about this last night. Um, and, you know, uh, I still say it doesn't make sense to punish someone who gave you a, a temper tantrum two months ago, not even two months ago. And, you know, it, 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 if I went into my job and was like, I don't want to do what you told me to, and I lay down in front of my desk and, you know, or, or lay down in front of my office door in protest, um, I'm not getting a promotion a month and a half later. Like, that's just how it is, you know. Well, we, we might, but, you know. I, I, but Matt had a different take on it. Yeah, and, and I was going to save part of this for, for when we got to the women's title match, but as, if you're listening to this, you probably already know that Becky ends up winning Money in the Bank and then cashing in and becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion. And while I don't agree with the uh, with putting the belt on her, I just see this as a huge middle finger to Sasha Banks, really. Um, and, you know, I don't agree with putting the belt on someone who was laying down in the locker room or whatever they were doing, but Sasha has definitely been the more vocal of the two as far as complaining, and she has a history of complaining. Um I think they probably see more of a future in Bailey as far as merchandise sales and kids still love her. Um, Bailey is still there while Sasha is off on vacation or doing whatever and tweeting about AEW and whatever else. I think this is Vince's way of saying, nana, nana, boo, boo, nah, 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 hey, 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 goodbye. And uh, just sticking it to Sasha. And again, it's not a decision I would have made but to, to, to reward Bailey in this way, but I see it as more of a, a middle finger to Sasha Banks. Okay. I mean, I can't, uh, I can't receive any of that. However, there was definitely crowd reaction. Um, well, sure. There, there was a huge pop. Like people were glad to see her, her get the contract. I mean, she still has crowd support. I mean, to a certain extent, Sasha still has crowd support, not not as much as she used to. I mean, I, I read a lot, I read a lot of you know p- what people post online, and I mean, you you have, I'll, I'll say twenty five people who'll say something negative about Sasha, and then one person pop up and go, "But she's the boss, but she's this, that, or the other," you know, and or you know, or someone saying, "But she was justified to do this." And it's like, no, she got asked to do a job. She got asked to drop her title. I mean, should Ric Flair have thrown 16 temper tantrums? You know, should Ric Flair have taken 16 vacations? You know, not counting his, you know, five or six U.S. titles and his world tag team titles and his, you know. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, like, you know, I mean. We we have to be, we have to be like at least a, a bit balanced because a lot of our top stars, a lot of our favorites have thrown these fits themselves. Like these, this fit throwing about doing a job that they feel doesn't make sense to them. 
is not unique in this business. But she's not just throwing timber tantrums. She's going on on social media. She's liking the competition. She's dogging WWE. She's going on and saying, oh, I deserve vacation. Well, you know what? What about everyone else on the roster? Is she better than them? Yeah, Sasha Banks has gone out of her way to thumb her nose at the employer she's contractually obligated to. That's something Bailey has not done. And and so I think because Bailey didn't do that, Vince is like, okay, you want to go over? Well, too bad. I'm going to put Bailey over instead. And you get to watch at home waiting for your contract to run out or waiting for whatever is going to happen. And mm-hmm. by the way, breaking news, Cesaro has beaten Ricochet. And here's and here's the thing too. At this point, her contract may not run out because last word was they probably frozen her contract, which means the days aren't expiring off of her contract because she's not working. Right. So, yeah. I mean, here and here's the thing: Sasha would be nothing without WWE. She's not. It's not like she built a name for herself. They built her name, mm-hmm. and they made her what she is. And they created her gimmick. They created everything she is. She's built off of them. And a large, large part of it was based off of, I've said it before, she's Snoop Dogg's cousin. Right. And that's something they capitalized on more than once. You know, she's not a great worker. She's not the best hand. You can go back in plenty of her matches and catch flaws in it. She proved she wasn't the person they thought she was, and I think this is one reason they soured on her in that match with Ronda, which was just awful to watch. We've talked about this before, all three of us. That match with Ronda was just horrible to watch. It was easily 10 minutes too long. Um, it was – they can't hear you nod your head, Matt. Um, they, they – I mean, so yeah, they've got – you know, I mean, it was just – she thinks too highly of herself – she doesn't show humility. She's, I mean, at, at this point, with as many people as she's hurt, I mean, she's went, I, I mean, within a very short period of time, I know you say it's been a while since she's done that. doesn't matter. She hurt three people within a short period of time. She's not a great worker. They built her to be still be a name. They gave her pushes. They went on, did a lot of stuff for her, and now she's thumbing her nose. She's like, well, I'm taking my vacation. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. You know what? They wanted to do something different. They didn't see what they wanted to. And things change. It's still their company. She's getting, you know, she, you know, she's getting paid more than a lot of the guys are getting paid. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, she's had a lot more opportunities than a lot of other people have. You know, she's a multi-time women's champion. She got to be the first person to hold the women's tag team titles. Um I think she's being really ungrateful. And there have been a lot of people who have come out and either named her specifically or hinted at her going, look, if you've got a spot, if you've got a roster job in WWE, like be grateful for it. Like there are people who would like Mm -hmm. kill to be in the position you're in. Um, And like, I, I mean, here, here's the thing. Yeah. There've been other people that threw temper tantrums, but, they weren't going to this level to discredit their employer, um, especially when they had so little behind it. Yeah, there have been other people who've done that, but at least they built a name for themselves elsewhere before they did it. Okay. And they had uh, talent. 
I mean, because don't even bring up Shawn Michaels because you can't compare those two. Oh, huh. <laughs> just just comparing the tantrums, not comparing their their talent levels. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were we were definitely wrong. Um, not, when we did our predictions, none of us said that Bailey was going to go right. over. But um, but the way that Mandy almost went over would have been the perfect way for her to go over. Yeah, yeah, she was just about to to grab it, and when Bailey came up and pushed the ladder. Although um, it was nice of her and Sonya to both jump off when Bailey gave him that light shove. <laughs> You mean it didn't look like Bailey shoved the ladder that hard? Well, no, she didn't shove the ladder. She like shoved one of them, and they both took this huge back bump. And it was like, you know, even my wife is watching. She was like, "Wow, it was nice of them take that big jump off for her from that (laughs) little shove." You know, I mean, the camera work was great on that because you had no idea Bailey was coming up until she was right there. That was good camera work. That was good camera work. But, But. and it would have been at the same time. It would have been perfect for Mandy to come up and and win it that way, where you could be like, "Ah, oh, she didn't really win." You know, she cheated. She didn't cheat because it's not a no DQ match. But what you could be like, "Ah, oh, she didn't really," you know. And it makes right. her the ultimate opportunist. But yeah, the camera work um, was was surprisingly good. Uh, they really. <laughs> I could tell they they pre-planned a lot of this stuff, especially um, the spots that they had Naomi do. Like like we predicted, they had her in the match just to do, you know, although some athletic spots. Yeah, although some of her spots were really predictable, and I was just like, uh, and I was like, going, oh, she's gonna do this, and then she'd do it. Um, yeah. and then there she had quite a few botches last night too. Um, I didn't. I had to, I went back and forth. Uh, I forget what distracted me during, the, uh, was, during that match. There was one where she, um, where Mandy was gonna did a waist lock, an inverted waist lock, and was gonna flip over on her stomach, and she just landed completely wrong, and it looked bad. And there was oh yeah, she leaned on her side or something like that. Well, she came down on her knees, and it was just really obvious. And it was just there was another spot going into the corner, and it just looked really bad and i know you always say i'm too hard on naomi but just being honest and objective i was like i was watching some sequences with mandy and i'm like why is mandy outworking her mandy's only been in the business like two years mm-hmm. as far as being full-time training um and i you know and honestly and again i'm not trying naomi bash i'm just being just honest okay and i know franchise feels the same way not a great worker, but I think I know where it comes from. She was brought in as a dancer, not yes. a wrestler. And I, and I really wonder if she was ever adequately, adequately trained. Um, and I wonder if that goes back to it. And here's the thing. Um, and we saw this. I, I don't, did either one of y'all watch the Tom McGee match with Bret Hart? Yes. Okay. So, like, that dude was incredibly athletic. Like, he had all the athleticism in the world. But just didn't have what it took to put together a match to work. Mm -hmm. But like he had the athleticism and to me, um, that's Naomi. Like she's extreme, has athleticism and she can do spots. If you're like, here, do this spot. She can do spots most of the time. And like Mm -hmm. you put up a video once and you're like, you say she can't work. I said, no, she's doing spots. That's different. Like she's great at that. And she has more athleticism than maybe any other female. When they, when they yeah when they when they plan her matches right. to be eighty percent do an athletic spot right. 
Um, and then when she was, I think the one match she had with Oscar, it looked, it looked seamless because she would do a spot, and Oscar would then carry her into right. you know to a to a move to a hold, and then they would go back into her doing something. But more the psychology of putting a match together and working a match, she doesn't have when she has no. when she has a great worker carrying her and being like do this do this but there's so many you know i i think the best example i point out before i don't know if you've ever still have if you've ever gone back and watched it, the spot with alicia fox at survivor series a couple years ago uh where she's supposed to roll through into her submission and then she accidentally pins her you know, yes we yeah, talked about that then, yeah i remember that and yeah. then the referee has to tell them no you pinned her you can't you, you can't submit her now you pinned her you know um and then, you know, there's just different things. Uh, there's, there's, uh, when she won the title from Alexa at, at Elimination Chamber in 2017, she pulls her shoulder up. The refs mm-hmm. are supposed to call it like a shoot, but her, her shoulder's clearly up. She did the same thing to Lana on uh, SmackDown Live uh, that year. Um, she, when she won the title, she injured herself doing her own finishing move. It's just, I, I wonder if it's, uh, I, I don't think one, she has the, the, the mindset of doing that. And two, I, I, I think there's a lack of training. That, that very could well could be. Um, and I, the lack of her even doing basic moves, beginning of matches will lead me to believe that there may be definitely a severe lack of training. there. And, and I don't, I, and I wonder if she has the passion to do it too. Cause I think she'd rather, I think she's one of those people that has the it, like, like, like a sable. They were pulled in because of this or that, or no, because her no, husband's there. No, I don't think that. I don't. I think it's. I think she has an indie mindset. I think she's one of those flippity wrestlers that wants to get her stuff in and doesn't care about the mechanics of it. I, I wonder if that's part of it. That she would rather do her splits and her flips and her jumps and stuff like that than learn how to grab a headlock. Or possibly, and and just playing, you know, playing uh, devil devil's advocate on this instance, it may just be that that's what they're pushing on her because that's what got her noticed. She went from a dancer and hey, you're hyper athletic, you know, the crowd goes ooh when you do this, and they're just not stressing that with her, which they should, if they were, if you know, especially if they're going to put the belt on her, you should stress the other mechanics of a regal wrestler. But I mean, it's just. I mean, I it, it, you know I said it last night. It her, her 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 wrestling is as painful to watch as her entrance is, and it's, um, you know it 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 bothers me whenever she comes on the screen. You know she may be the nicest person in the world. She doesn't seem like it on social media, um, but her her wrestling is just it, it's it's horrendous to me. Um, it, it and it so it's. Uh, so I, she, she did her spot for the most part, but there were some misses last night. Um, and we'll talk about someone else who had another off night last night. Um, Ember Moon though, holy crap, that, that outside in, uh, eclipse. That was, that eclipse was, wow. Yeah, that was nasty. I, I love the eclipse. Um, but I am so scared she's going to break someone's neck doing that. Yeah, I am. Ever since the first time I saw the eclipse, um, I've been afraid she's going to break somebody's neck. I'm still afraid she's going to break somebody's neck. Um, but that, uh, but that eclipse looked nasty. The the replay of it looked even better, and that says something. Yeah, from the different angles, that was ooh, that was filthy. Yeah. 
Um, Dana Brooke had the worst, um, like, back handspring into a something. <laughs> I've, and, and what's funny is, is my, my wife is a uh, former gymnast and a national champion cheerleader, and she was watching with me, and she was just like, that's just bad. Well, that aerial she hit on the on the ramp to her entrance was dope, though. But, like, once she got in the match, was like, you know, then the bell had to ring. Yeah. And, you know, and, and little Matt, I don't know if you saw Raw last week, but she, Dana Brooke, gave one of the worst promos I've ever seen in my life. I, I did not see, uh, and, and the reason I'm being quiet is I I, I missed the women's. I, I figured that. Match. That's why I didn't call. So I'm not able, I've been kind of watching Raw here, and I'll, I'll come in on Raw in a few minutes okay. when we get to another match. But uh, um, I'm, just, I'm like, come on, Shane, Shane, and in, in the in yeah, they're setting, Shane, they're setting up a Shane Roman program, and now Drew McIntyre's out there, and who knows what they're doing. Yeah. But I, I'll just say something about. Um, what was said a minute ago about athleticism. Athleticism is a tool Mm -hmm. a good wrestler has, but athleticism is not required of a good wrestler. There are plenty of the greatest wrestlers of all time. were not the most athletic Uh, case in point, Ric Flair. Um, Yes. He, he possessed some athleticism, but he was never the most athletic. He never had the best physique. Never saw Ric throw a drop kick. Never, I, yeah, I don't think I ever have either. But um, it, it takes more than athletics. You you, you have to have it. And I will I will agree that I do not think Naomi has it. I never have. Uh, the jury's still out on some of these others who were in the ring. Um, but it takes more than being able to flip and flop, and. and it, it, it takes being able to do things athletically and cleanly. And, and that's the main thing I see missing in so many of today's athletic performers is the lack of an ability to perform a move cleanly. Agree. Everything is just, and I'm not saying I could, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not athletic, at least not, not as much as I used to be, but, um, and, and you know, kudos to them for trying, but you're supposed to be among the best in the world and you can't put together a pinning combination without flubbing it up. And this goes to the highest levels of WWE competitors these days, by the way, case in point, the WrestleMania main event. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, I'll say this. There's a story Ricky Morton told once where he's talking about how he, you know, was doing an indie show and he was going to be in the main event that night. And he goes out and he watches the first, first match and in the first match they're doing shooting star presses and 450 splashes and going through tables and all this stuff and he says the match ends in a, in a small package and yeah. and then you know one of the competitors comes up to him and says well mr morton what you think of my match and he says well boy i think you need to learn how to wrestle <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> I, I, I if i had the money to give if I could control things, I would have every one of these people go spend a month with Ricky Morton. Yeah. And they'd come back so much better. I don't know what they're doing down at the performance center nowadays. I'm as far as the training goes. Well, but I have a feeling it's getting better now that, you know, like Shawn Michaels is down there because 
I hope so. I hope so. Because I know his whole thing about slow down, you know, and the yeah. famous story of like people getting mad, you know, some, uh, you know, him and uh, I think it was him and Razor in a match and the crowd's booing and he just holds his head, uh, you know, a chin lock forever until the crowd gets back into it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, Ring Morton tells the same story about how, you know, he, he goes to matches and he sees all that on the matches before his and then him and Robert go out and, and they work a headlock for 10 minutes and the crowd's going nuts. Yeah. When you know how to tell a story with a headlock, that's more important than being able to do a six thirty or whatever, however many numbers you want to count. <laughs> right. I tell you what, if you go back and you watch steamboat and flare in 89, you know, you get, you know, Flair gets a headlock. Steamboat tries to shoot him off. Tries to shoot him off a bunch of times. Flair headlock takes him over. Or, wait, sorry, I got that backwards. Steamboat gets the headlock. Flair tries to shoot him off. Tries to shoot him off. Tries to shoot him off. Steamboat throws him over. Flair hooks tights, pulls him over, tries to pin Steamboat on the mat. Does that a bunch of times. They work that for five minutes. But they're not just sitting there with a headlock. And, and, and that just goes back to, yeah, mm-hmm. because because it looks real. I mean, struggling over moves mm-hmm. looks real, mm-hmm. whereas the acrobatics and and here comes old man franchise, old old, old, old curmudgeon again. But I, I hate this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's impressive athletically, but well, there there it lacks any semblance of realism. Well, there was a way that it was done where it looked realistic. Dynamite kid. Yes, yeah. but but he didn't. Thirty years, but he ago. didn't look like he was doing it as a show off. When he did it, it looked like he was doing it as part of getting to something. Yes, and if I ever see that stupid spot again, where five or six guys are standing outside the ring and someone jumps off the top rope or someone goes over the top rope to to make them all go down, it'll be too soon. That, 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 then you should probably stop watching Raw right when, now. When, what, what bothers me is when, when, when two guys start doing flips at the same time and they're doing flips in conjunction with each other, and then they backflip and they stop and they're posing against each other. And, yeah, yeah, good job. Yeah, yeah that's impressive. Because it's so obviously well, they, choreographed. Yeah. Are well, you talking about every Will Ospreay match? Yeah. I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. I mean, I like Osprey, but you know what? He knows that he can't get over in America with that, which is why he stays in Japan because they 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 love that right. there. Well, I mean, he can get over to PWG show with it or PWG, yeah. but you know, choreograph it without it looking choreographed. Right. But that's why. Have either one of y'all ever seen? And, and please tell me, at least one of you has ever seen old Tiger Mask Dynamite Kid matches? Yes. Okay, I figured you had. <laughs> I've seen Tiger Mask. I haven't seen him with Diamond Ike, so... I, I mean, they were doing acrobatics and stuff like that, but it didn't look choreographed. It didn't look staged. It looked like a struggle. But they were doing it, and it was insane. Am I, am I wrong, Matt? No. no. It, it, what they did and, and what those who came after them did and what got lost somewhere along the way is it what they did looked like it had a purpose to it. The things that are done now are done for show. Yeah. 
And that's one of the reasons I, I kind of hate the whole money in the bank concept and the whole the whole ladder match concept. And I, I got into this text wise last night, but 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 this is I mean, it, it's it's just so arbitrary. It, it, it's just it's let's do a few spots, and and, and I don't know how much more. I, I wish they would retire the whole concept of a money in the bank. To be honest with you, because it just what more can you do? Try something new now. Show, uh, I'm just I'm I'm ticked off. I'm ticked off. It's it's old. It's hard to watch. I, I I've got it on closed caption now, so I can talk to you guys. And I, I'd rather be watching uh, Golden State sweep uh, Portland. Uh, yeah. Or something. So now, I mean, here, here's the thing. I I like the concept of the contract, but you know, I I think the con contract's good unless Brock Lesnar has it. But they. Well, it's played out, though. It's it's played out. Is my well, point. I I think the contract is a great point, and I think we belabored in the past how um, well it can, has been used, especially in the hands of a heel. But to Matt's point, the the money the big match is a bit played out. We've seen it done for you know a decade plus now. We've seen so many people running up and jumping off and, and granted we saw some really crazy spots. Right. I mean, I don't know how uh, ba- Balor is walking yeah. after taking that sunset flip um, and the, the, or the slam flex on this or the slam Baron. Yeah. Yeah. From Baron on there. I don't know how he's walking. Uh, you're going to see some crazy spots, but maybe it's time to make the contract right. Not the money in the bank contract, but just the contract. Maybe bring back um, King of the Ring and like interchange it. Right. So maybe whoever wins King of the Ring has a contract. Right. Uh, I could and, get behind. I could get behind that yeah, in a heartbeat. I was gonna say, last but, night's men's match, which we're not aren't too. It was exceedingly dangerous. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, uh, and I was about to say. Well, you can we, keep we the on this if you interchange the uh, with other pay per view formats for right. that. So each year you do a different tournament style or whatever it is, whether it's the elimination chamber or what, just to keep it fresh every well, couple here's of years. The thing. They they talk about CTE protocols, they talk about the wellness program, all these things they're doing to protect people. But the ladder matches are insanely dangerous. And you listen to people who've been in industry say it cuts careers short. Um, I, I hate these matches. I don't, you know, guys that have been in them say, I don't want to do any more ladder matches and things like that. So they're concerned about them and they've changed elimination chamber to where it's a safer structure. They've got the padding over mm-hmm. the outside and things like that. So we've got, but these ladder matches are exceedingly dangerous and I get that they're not doing ladder matches all the time, but when they're doing them, they're crazy. Yeah, they're cranking it up to eleven. Yeah, and so I, I you know, I, I I'm not a, you know, I'm looking at that. I mean, here's the thing, like Finn Balor, that that guy doesn't have the body to take those shots the way Braun Strowman does. There's right. no meat on his body. You know, yeah, he's like five percent body fat. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, he's, it, you know, it, 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 it you know, it, it, if he is, you know, it's not like I mean, he couldn't even take it as good as say a Drew McIntyre could. Right, he couldn't take it as good as, um, you know, probably Baron could. He, you know, so he, you know, when you got a guy that small taking it, then it, it's just insane. 
Uh, I've got breaking news. Uh, the Usos do not have the SmackDown belts with them. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. But the bad news is they're jobbing the revival out to them again as we speak. <laughs> so, uh, breaking news here uh, from uh, Dan Rather, Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, or whoever. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's really bad. Like, I, what they've been doing with the whole the Usos embarrassed the revival thing is just. Mm-hmm. You know the the shower and the the Bengay on their trunks and well, you know the the word is the revival turned down five year contracts or something like that. That's so, what I heard too. Uh, if that's the case, then they're they're just gonna job them out until their future endeavored. All right. Well, let's get back to the show. So the next thing after the women's match uh, was uh, oh, my wife also had the great line of the night she said uh she wondered what nikki cross did with her extra time while the other girls were in the makeup chair she was that's probably right. probably getting ready to go crazy because that's nikki not saying that not saying that nikki cross is an attractive woman it's just she doesn't have to get the hair and makeup done like you know right because crazy nikki don't need no makeup right. then we were debating who spent the most time in the makeup chair i went with dana brooke oh ma- uh yeah, Dana, uh, Dana or Mandy. Yeah, I'm, Mandy had less on the normal, I, so I would say Dana. I'm going yeah. with Dana because I've seen Dana without her makeup on. She looks like Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, she shouldn't have had that plastic surgery done. I was, yeah. So I'm going with Dana because, like Mandy, I've seen without makeup on too, and and she still looks like Mandy Rose. She she's recognizable. Yeah. All right, so let's go to Ray and Joe. Yeah, which you were correct. They did indeed put Ray Mysterio over, and, and, and was Joe. stupid because at, at this point, there's no reason to put Ray over. There's no reason to job Joe out. Um, and of course, this was a match they had. They called early because Joe started bleeding hard way. Yeah. Yes, and the look on his face. Was he looked, he looked unhappy. Yeah. Uh, and his shoulder. I mean, you can see his shoulder clearly wasn't down. Yeah. That left shoulder was up the entire time. Yeah. So he, so um, Ray botched a senton and broke his nose, um, and then botched the pin, um, and his shoulder wasn't down. So then um and so once the nose was broken the referee got the signal to tell them to go home so then they did and this is and this is what i have a problem with okay kirk and ron is hard enough to believe anyway okay as far as it being a move the idea that you can hook your legs around another man's head and whip his body completely over and make him land on his head or his back that's just hard to believe just you guys listen it hasn't been believable since 1992 with scott stein okay yeah i mean that but that's a frankenstein right, though. that i can believe but i mean just you at home just reach over and wrap your legs around your buddy's head and and try to flip him over okay it's hard to believe. well okay i mean it, it's obviously the same ones aren't it's not the same one but it's been done in martial arts like it's you know, it's not completely unbelievable, but it's not but there's, the way that there's a technique to it, and it's a different technique than a than a rana. Of course, right. I, I know what you're talking about in martial arts, but that that's a, that's a completely different technique. And Ricky Morton used to do something like it. Maybe Ricky still does, and that was actually believable. Um, yes, 
and they called that a, a Japanese head scissors. Uh, right, the head scissors takedown is a lot more believable. No, I'm talking about a Japanese head scissors where Ricky would go up right. and he would head mount you like Rana, but he would roll back roll and it back. would flip yeah. you over, and it's like they do in martial arts. But yes. the um, and, and they always call and, and in Mid Atlantic they always called it a Japanese head scissors. Not talking about the head mount, it's um, head scissors, mm-hmm. but or shoulder right. mount head scissors. But the um, but the but the idea of a guy who's between a buck fifty and a buck seventy five. Flipping over a guy who's a legit two eighty. Three twenty. Joe, he's probably three. And they're well, they always bill him at two eighty. Oh, he's Joe's gotta be three something. But flipping him over hard enough that he can pin him. The idea that he can flip him over, period. Because in reality, if he tries it, Ray's gonna land right on his head. Yeah. And then the idea is going to flip him over hard enough to pin him. I mean, that was just dumb. And then they botched the ending. And then the the most disappointing thing was that he didn't beat up Dominic. I was loudly screaming my TV for Joe to come back and beat up Dominic. But yeah, I and that was that was the second most disappointing thing about the night was that he did not beat up Dominic or have Dominic turn heel on his dad or something something interesting. Like it was it was unfortunately an extremely boring match. They ought to have Ray help put some of these two of five guys over. Doesn't have, they don't have to beat Ray all the time, but yeah. I don't know why they're they're using him. Right. That's to that's a conversation we had. Like yeah, that's a conversation. Yeah, I mean I, I I heard part of that. I, and I and I just I just I just want to chime in and agree because it's just uh, he he could be very useful in that 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 realm, mm-hmm. but they're they're wasting what years he has left by putting him into storylines that are making people like Samoa Joe look weaker. And right. it makes no sense to me. It's bad. It was bad enough having Joe get beat up by AJ Styles, who is also a considerably small person. But then you go from there to have someone even smaller in Rey Mysterio. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, at least with the, the AJ Styles storyline, it was, they booked them somewhat fairly evenly and you had the match where it was like a double finish and stuff like that. And, uh, but like we also Ray, got inter- we also got interesting promos out of it. Yeah. And, you know, we had the, you know, daddy's home and we had something that was interesting. Right. This has been one boring. Season. I buy him and AJ, especially with their history being more even than than Ray. Yes. So, um, but yeah, that was, as someone would say, trash. Yes. So all in all, trash. Yeah. And we have a new United States champion in Ray Mysterio. Yeah. So then we have a cage match. That was awful. With sh- well, this way to bury the lead, Shane O'Mac against the Miz, and like JT said, it was awful. Yeah, this uh, this was one of the worst cage matches I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of cage matches, and I either had or still have the WWE cage match DVD set. It's like, I mean, this was just bad. It was like neither one of them knew what to do in a cage. I don't know if Miz has even been in a real cage match before. I can't remember seeing him in one. I mean, Elimination Chamber, yes, but 
I don't remember seeing him in an actual cage match. Um, well, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, and, somehow Shane continues to win these matches. Right. And I, I didn't I, get I didn't get to see this match either, but uh when I saw that Shane won, I was glad I didn't. It, it literally and, uh, he was trying to climb out of the cage, Miss tried to pull him back up and, and rip Shane's shirt off and Shane fell to the ground. Well and, it was and supposed to be see, slicker than that. And, and, you, was, and you got you got to see and you got to see the white hair on Shane's chest. A, it was supposed to be, you know, Dexter than that. It was supposed to be Shane showing how slick he is by sliding out of his shirt so he could escape. And then you got to see, you know, non-tan Shane lying there gasping for With breath. his dad bod. And, you know, his. and Bischoff is like, he shouldn't have gone over. He's not tan enough. Yeah. Well, once again, though, you have the steel cage escape, which is the dumbest thing, which is why I've always hated WWE cage matches. You have a cage match to settle a feud, and and how are we going to settle this feud? Let's see who can get away from the other first. Right. Um, and it usually looks crappy when it happens. Yeah. And uh, it's not a surprise to hear that it's another crappy-looking finish in a cage match. And the fact that uh, the owner's son, who is not a professional athlete, and, and, and look, for someone who's not a an official wrestler, he's – He's got some talent. He, you know, he he's proven that he can do some things, but it's all trash wrestling. And uh, the fact that he keeps going over, I don't know how the Miz recovers from this long term to be taken seriously. Right. Here's the thing: like I know Big Matt doesn't like the Miz, but like you're talking about a guy who's a former Federation champion and and has the second wait, most wait, let, let, let me, title reigns in history. Let me. Let me defend Miz yeah. here, because you know I hate Ohio guys and how much I don't like the Miz. The Miz is 38 years old, maybe about to be 39. Shane McMahon is 52, 53 years old. Shane could be his very young father, or at least he's an uncle's age. Shane is not in the great – he's in good shape, but not Shane's 49. Shape. Shane's 49. Okay, he's 49 years old. Um, the Miz is a former champion. Multiple-time Intercontinental Champion. Multiple-time Tag Team Champion. Multi-time U.S. Champion. Multiple-time U.S. Champion. Multiple the Revival win! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a pleasant surprise for the Revival fans. Yeah. Um, and Sorry. <laughs> I just can't for, believe it. <laughs> for Shane to dominate a feud over a former champion like this is just asinine thinking. Yeah. He's dominating this feud. He won at Money in the Bank. He won at Mania. He won at, but, uh, what was it? Uh, well, they've only had two singles matches, but. Fastlane or what? Fastlane, yeah. The, the, the match, yeah. Fastlane, when they first started the whole, um, they won their match that, no, no, no. You know, Shane, no, that's right. Fastlane was when they split the up and Shane beat him up. When they afterwards. split up. Right. He beat the him bottom, up at bottom Fastlane. Line is Shane's gotten the best of this feud every single time. Every single time. Yeah, that's my yeah. point. He's gotten the best of it. He beat him up after the he, after Miz took the fall right. fast. Lane. He's beat up his dad and legitimately injured him, too. Yes, right. which is a sixty-something-year-old man. Um, it's it, the whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. And and the finisher, first of all, no one thought that Miz was going to hit the skull-crushing finale from the top rope. Stupid. And then for have the finish to be a slingshot, slingshotting Shane up the cage for him to try to get over and to slip out of his shirt. Like, 
Like what? What agent backstage put that together? Like, come on. I I don't understand. Hey, I got an idea. Yeah, right, let's that's what it Shane. Like. Um. Yeah. Uh. Scroll. Uh. Scroll let's have me slingshot Shane. Yeah. Let Let's have me as skull crush finale. Shane on the chair, and Shane will kick out into the hell. Well, no, he that put, sounds he put good. His foot on the rope, and the referee stopped the count, and then they all wonder why the referee stopped the count because there's supposed to be no rope breaks in a steel cage match. Yes, I was like, why? Well, his foot's on the rope. So what? Yeah. And then he grabbed the and he grabbed the rope on the other thing. I'm like, so what? It's a cage it's match. No DQ ref. It's called no DQ yeah. ref. Yeah. Like, like, did we forget the rules of the cage match here? I uh, just. I, I can't. I can't. It's. I, I, I've always loved Shane. He's, but this is just ridiculous. Yeah. So so and, and then, then there was and, and and then there was the spot where, uh, like Miz throws him off the cage and then Miz walks around to the other side on the ropes and then he jumps off the ropes for like some type of splash and it was like the uh, one of the ugliest the, top oh, rope worst so, frog splash. Yeah, oh my god! It was yes. and. And, and and I even commented on her thread. I was just like, what is Miz attempting off the ropes? Uh, Twitter Twitter erupted with worst frog splash ever. Yeah. Well, it wasn't frog splash because he didn't buckle in on his knees, but he, but it was, was a splash and it was ugly. And it, it was, was horrifically ugly. Yeah, it was. I, I don't know if I've ever seen Miz come off the top rope for a diving uh, move on a prone opponent before, um, and I'll say he should never do it again. Yeah, that was a bad idea. The whole match was a bad idea. Mm. Let's let's get rid of this feud. Hopefully now, obviously, Matt, you saw on Raw there, you had Shane with uh, with Roman Reigns. I don't want to see that either. But let's just end the Shane and Miz thing. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. If they if they're going to be in a feud, which it looks like it might be heading to, uh, you know, can they both lose? Time and time again, and, and just go away. Um, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, just bad, bad stuff all around there. Yeah. All right. So next, we have the cruiserweight championship, uh, which was originally supposed to be a pre-show match. Yeah. Uh, Tony Nice against Aria Davari. Uh, Tony Nice goes over by pin. Aria, he's not Mexican. Aria. I don't know how he pronounced Aria. It. It's Aria. Yeah. I did say Aria. Yeah, Aria. Sorry, Aria Davari. What did you think? Tiara Santana Aria was his manager? Aria! Aria Davari! Yeah. Um, I've, been, I've, I've been speaking a lot of Spanish today <laughs> at work calling California. Uh, Aria Davari, via pinfall. Davari had his typical uh, heel. Look at me. I'm in all white in my very, very nice Mercedes entrance. Um, Tony Nese decided to count his abs for all the, the ladies. Um, and that was pretty much the high, the high mat part of the match, I think, uh, for most people. Yeah, uh, Davari, who's usually a smooth worker, uh, had a really off night because nothing Very he did looked smooth. Um, it's, the, I think, the downfall form started when he attempted an inverted Boston Crab, and he, uh, so he attempts it and then he drops the legs. And then he goes yeah. back for it. And Tony Nese was nice enough to lift his legs for him so he could get it back. But then he couldn't get centered right. And he started like losing his balance. And Nice tried he to recover it. from it by like making it look like he kicked him off. And it just looked, it just looked really awkward. And I was like, Oh, don't ever do that move again. Um, 
but it, it but he he messed it up the first time and the second and then he tried to get it again and it just didn't it didn't look right and then just like every transition he tried to make just was off off it, it was like they were a step off between each other nice looked smooth um he's he's usually for you know for a muscle head guy he's, he's always seems like a smooth worker and mm-hmm. and he's gotten smoother over the past year and a half and he's he but Devari just seemed like like everything he tried if he, if he was supposed to you know float over or something he 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 take two steps when he did it you know when he dropped yeah. over he he just everything was just off for him last night and it resulted in a match that wasn't pretty and if that match was supposed to make him watch 205 it failed it, it's not going to do it yeah and that's the thing with you know the cruiserweights they have to you know, the standard set by WCW so many years ago was if these cruiserweights, even if they aren't telling the greatest story, you're going to see some really interesting and generally very crisp and great timing wrestling. And we didn't see that because Davari was just off, unfortunately, the entire match. Yeah, but the finish came exactly as I predicted it, so. This is true. Yeah. This is true. So, but that wasn't, um, but that was one of those matches where it was just like, oh, I'm thankful it's over. Well, then that led me. To, that leads us to. Uh, are we going to talk about the segment before the Raw Women's Title, or are we just going to go to the Raw Women's Title? Um, I mean, it, I don't think we need to talk about the segment. Let's just go to the match. Okay, so we have Becky Lynch defending her Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. This is where I started watching. Yeah. Well, well, you picked a really bad time to start watching. Yeah, this. This match had some good points, um, and then it didn't. Um, yeah, this match was this, this match was this match was pretty rough on me. I was very underwhelmed by the performance out of both of these ladies. So the finish came really weird. Lacey gets the roll up. The referee doesn't count for some reason. Well, he stops the count. It, 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 yeah, but he's not counting. Is what I'm saying. For some right. reason, he doesn't. He, but there's no clear reasons to why he's not counting. He, he goes around the other side, although Becky's clearly pinned. Yes. This gives Becky time to transition into the disarmor and get the immediate tap out. And that's it. She was pinned for like five seconds. Yeah. And yeah, they went back and they counted on, on air. It was a four count and it was, it was like, but there, I mean, uh, her tights weren't being pulled because Lacey's other hand was clearly down. Um, mm-hmm. Her shoulders were both down. There wasn't a reason that was given. So I'm like, so did Lacey get screwed or is there something that was missed? Or, Well, my thought is this. Because of what happens in the second match, they didn't. Lacey felt screwed. And I think that's why they had Graves count out to four or five. Like, look, she's down. She's pinned. This match should be over. You know, now she's in the armbar. Now she's tapping out. Uh, so that is why Lacey made her presence known in the following match for the SmackDown title to kind of give her a reason to reappear and insert herself because she fell wronged in her match. That's my assumption. But 
if that's the story they were going for, they they did a poor job conveying it. WWE doing a bad they, job not, at storytelling. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. It, I yeah. know it's hard to believe, fellas. I know it's hard to believe. You know, I, as I'm watching, uh, you got Becky Lynch on a moment of bliss here, and I don't really know what's going on now because the iconics are out there. But anyway, um, they didn't explain that at all. And, and, and I mean, it, if if Lacey's going to come back out and cost Becky the uh, the title against Charlotte, they didn't go back to that weird finish of their match at all. Right. And, and Lacey just looks like a sore loser, which which if that's the way they want to paint it, fine, then paint it that way. Um, but but the whole thing was just kind of okay, whatever. Yeah, here she comes. Oh look. Women's right, Crunt. Now, now, I understand wanting to keep keep a program going between Becky and Lacey Evans, if that's what you want to do. Just make it more clear. Give us a real reason why the program's going to continue. Right. Um, play out that controversy in that first match so that we might care a little bit more about the second match. So... Well, my, my thought of the second match, which we'll just tie into, you know, with Charlotte Flair beating Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's title, uh, was that Lacey would lose. I didn't think there was going to be a botched finish, but that was Lacey would lose. She would have a sore, you know, be a sore loser. She would interject herself, hit her finisher, and somehow Charlotte would win. Um, that part played out the way I expected it to. Um, just the whole reasoning for her, uh, doing it just doesn't make sense uh, as far as why they didn't explain it because you want um, you want Becky on on Raw obviously you want to her, keep her and Lacey having their feud and I and I said you know last week I think they need to split the belts up they, they felt that they need to split the belts up uh, Becky carrying the two belts was not getting this is not working the way they anticipated so. Sending Charlotte back or someone back with the SmackDown title, I saw it happening, but yeah. it, it just it was sloppy. Yeah, I here here's the thing: it it was sloppy, and it, it, it here here's the thing: there are a couple of things that didn't make sense with the whole thing. I know they're trying to make Becky this like tough, take all comers, blah blah blah, whatever champion. Right. But um, at the same time, having her accept this challenge from Charlotte, like right away. Right away. Yeah. Just makes her look stupid mm -hmm. and had no point to it. And so it, it, it it's supposed to make her look, her look tough. Right. It's supposed to make her, well, I get that's what I'm saying. It's supposed to make her look tough, but it made her look stupid. In, in the long run. And if you and if you're pushing into the fact that you know she's a tough Irish lass, she'll take on all comers. Okay, well then you have to say that. But all the commentators were saying is you don't have to do this. Right. Go back. This right. is dumb. Why would you do this? You're playing into the queen's hands. Right. And it, it was and, and just as an aside, before I forget to say this, when Charlotte came out last night, all I could think was she looked like Cher in 1999, but with Ric Flair's nose. Ouch. 
Ouch, yeah. That's uh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I, I noticed her in profile, and I was Ooh. like, wow, she's got Rick's nose, but like with the way her hair is and stuff, she looks like Cher in 1999. I kept waiting for her to be like, do you believe in life after love, after love, after love? Can we edit that part out? That's just terrible. Oh, uh, I think that's, I, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's a blooper if I ever heard one. Lord have mercy. Woo, Okay. <laughs> But no, I, like she she came out and I was like, okay, well they're gonna and then, I mean it, it like it would have been if they really wanted to show tough Becky was that would have been a good time to have a heel to one money in the bank or to have Becky turn excuse me Bailey turn heel, have her retain the title in the second match and then that person cash in on her. Well, because the, the second I heard that Bailey had won money in the bank. I wish I would have wrote, written it down publicly so people could see it, but but I I actually called in my own home exactly what was going to happen mm-hmm. between Lacey Evans costing Bailey against Charlotte and then ba- ba- Bailey cashing in. I called it. I wish I would have uh, uh, said it publicly. I would have looked really smart. There, but um, there were a lot of predictions. See, it's predictions were split online that I'd read between Mandy and Bailey winning. Yeah. And uh, but everybody that had Bailey winning, like ninety percent of them had Bailey turning heel. You know, yeah, she had been showing a more aggressive side lately, and that she was going to be like, "Oh, I'm tired of being the underdog," and she's going to turn heel. So I was seeing. So so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, maybe she'll you know do that, and like somehow, you know, I, I had in my mind maybe she would come down and help at the end or tell come in and tell the referee hey no Lacey mm-hmm. interfered somehow get the decision reversed and then right. when she's celebrating with Becky then she then she cashes in right Becky cashes yeah. in right and turn heel because even the promo she gave when she won the money in the bank sounded a bit heelish if you really listen to it because they like brought up Sasha and all oh, you did this and she's like now it's me about me and all this stuff and I'm like, that kind of sounded like she could be foreshadowing the heel turn. I just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear that, but that is interesting. I can see where you you, you might yeah. think that. Yeah. Um, but but the, if you're going to have a face cash in, that was the best way to have a face cash right. in. Right. I didn't look at the replay, but uh, did anyone else notice that it looked like Charlotte's boot to – to Becky missed by about four inches. I don't know whose fault oh, that might have been. But, it, uh, it definitely, it definitely missed. It was probably on both, but it definitely missed. Her yeah. hair flying made it look a little better than it really was, but that was a big miss. Yeah, it, it was pretty obvious that when I saw it in uh, normal speed, and, and and I don't think they showed a replay of that. If they if they did, I missed it because my kids were in the room with me. So, but uh, yeah, that, that was, was kind like, of an ugly ugly finish. That was like the. Uh, Jeff Hardy whisper in the wind to um what's his name? You know his name, Jake. What's his name? Cool story, man. What's his name? Cool story, bro. I can't stand him. What is his name? Dude from India. Not from India. Indian dude not from India. Jinder Mahal? Jinder, yes. Okay. When he when when he missed that whisper in the wind on gender completely. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, he, he was last yeah. year. So, the story yeah. Good story, man. Yeah. 
Thanks. So it, it, you it, had, it, you it, had to be clear. Uh, Charlotte <laughs> goes to attack Bailey, who comes out after there's two on one on Becky. Um, Charlotte decides she's going to beat up Bailey too. She goes for a spear, misses, pulls Goldberg, knocks herself out in the corner, and uh, then Bailey decides to cash in, pulls Charlotte out of the corner, hits the savage elbow, and one, two, three, Bailey's the new champion. And Charlotte has one of the, if not the shortest, title reigns in history. But she got number nine. That's all that matters, right? right? Oh, yeah. That's all that matters. And, and, uh, if anything, it sets up two new programs. You assume the one with Lacey Evans is going to continue on Raw. You assume it's going to be Charlotte and Bailey. Right. And, and that's a, that's an old program, but they can make it new again. Right. Uh, it's been a little while. So right. you can see what they're thinking, at least there. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to execute right. a little bit better than they have. And then, uh, then we led to one of my favorite segments of the night, which was the uh, Elias segment. So you have him sneak up and break his guitar on Roman. And then he comes out and has the great line of, I was going to play acoustic for you, but my guitar broke. And which gets a pop from the crowd. Well, my favorite part of that was when he uh, made fun of Hartford losing the Hartford Whalers to North Carolina, you know, 23 years ago. Somehow I knew that would be your favorite part. Well, I, I'm not a Hurricanes fan, uh, but you know they play about an hour away from me, so yep. uh, I, I appreciated that. Yep. I thought that was fun, and, and and you could tell that it still hurts the people of Hartford because they hated that part, right. even though they left because Hartford wasn't supporting them. So, right, good stuff. Right. But it, it proves how well of a good of a heel Elias is, and how, but however he is, because the crowd's eating out of the palm of his hand. And then the minute he starts just crapping all over them, they turn on him and they're just showering him with booze. But up until he turns, he turns on Hartford, they're like, Oh, we love you. Like first he says something about Hartford and then like, Oh no, you're still okay. And then he's like, I went to North Carolina. It's a beautiful place. No wonder the whalers <laughs> left Hartford. It's such a disgrace. And then they're like, Oh, Oh no, you didn't. No, boo, boo. And that was just like, and then they're just like, but we actually got a full Elias segment. And we, you know, we talked about last week how WWE's not using him properly because the guy's so over. Um, mm-hmm. And then he, he's going to leave. Of course, Roman comes out because Roman's got to have his moment. Um, and we weren't spared a Roman match. Um, but, oh, darn. But, you know, Spear and that's done. So. Oh, yes. Roman squash is yet another opponent. Yeah. Well, the big the big dog had to claim his yard, guys. Come on now. Yeah. But he just crapped all over the business. Yeah. I hear the worst part about the big dog is having to clean up after him. I'm hearing that myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hear I, I hear Gerald Pooper uh, Gerald uh, Briscoe was out last night late with a pooper scooper. That's some crap, man. <laughs> Probably still cleaning it too. Yeah. What came next, guys? Let's move on. What came next? <laughs> was the match? Came next? Was the match of the night? Yeah. Ah, Universal yeah. AJ Universal Championship. AJ Styles, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Yeah, this good is, match. Yeah. Not not great, but r- really good. Well, we'll see. It 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 was. It, it almost fell into great for me because I was really expecting it to be a very WWE wow. homogenized match. 
uh, and it wasn't uh, as homogenized as I expected it to be. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I, I have my doubts as to whether that program is going to continue the way I want it to. It, it might. But what I really, the, my favorite part of that match was AJ's counter to the curb stomp into the yes. style splash. I was just about to say that. That, that was that really was a, clever. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was really clever. I uh, never expected AJ to go over, although he, I do prefer him to Seth. But uh, good, solid match. Um, it did not rescue the pay-per-view. or It did not rescue the event totally for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was the best part of the night. A-plus match, in my opinion. Both guys, they did their thing. They got their spots, and they worked well, as they do. Um, it definitely felt a little bit more indie-ish um, in the pace, and the crowd definitely was into it. Um, and like you said, like you said, man, I, I didn't think AJ was going to go over, but I was definitely hoping that they surprised me and put AJ over it anyway. Um, and, and, and again, I, I can't just reiterate how beautiful that reversal was. Yeah. Um, I saw, I, I thought he was going to reverse it. I did not think he was going to reverse it into the styles clash. Right. Um, that was just a beautiful piece of timing on their end. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was overall, it was a good match and I was really glad to see. I was glad to see AJ bust out some of his old moves too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it was, and it was, uh, you know, it was good to see the match go with uh, them pulling out, uh, you know, their moves uh, and pulling out uh, their story more than a what I felt like it was a WWE story, if that makes sense. Mm. And so I, I didn't have my expectations up. You know, I talked about last week. I got my expectations up for AJ Nakamura the first time, and it mm-hmm. let me down. So I didn't have any high expectations for this match. So I was pleasantly surprised with this one. Definitely, definitely, definitely best show. I mean, the best match of the night. Um, like you said, it couldn't save the entire pay per view, but it definitely put everybody in a much better mood. Um, the next match um, is oh, what came and called a match is a travesty. All right, that was when the um, large segment was. I didn't have that in my notes. Yes. Right. So this is what really kind of turned me off from the show and uh, made me mad. So we covered all of Lars' stuff last week. So there was multiple problems with this thing. So first of all, you have Lucha House Party, which in itself, in and of itself, is a pretty racist angle because you get three Mexican guys, you put them together and go, oh, go go out there and dance goofy and carry pinatas. Okay? This is about the most racist uh, angle they've done since crime time in the Mexicals. Yeah. So... Which only one of them was even Mexican. So you got, so it's like, go out there, um, you know, go be stereotypes and, you know, go out there and, and get beaten up. And then you have a guy who just got fined $100,000 for disparaging minorities and you have him go beat up three minorities. Just to show how racist we're not. Right. I mean, yeah, this was just. You keep telling me you didn't enjoy Lars Sullivan's sensitivity training? Yeah. Is that not what that was? Yeah. 
Uh, you know what? Which, by they, the way, got repeated on Raw tonight. Yeah. They, they they failed to tell us that. So that's what that was. So I mean, I'm 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 you know, little Matt said it last night where he said, "I wish I was shocked by this, but I'm not." You know, I'm I'm. What worries me is what are they going to uh, follow this up with? You know, right? You know, what are they going to follow this up with if? A week after he got fined a hundred thousand dollars, he's beating up minorities in the ring. You know, right? It, cer- it certainly seems like there's going to be no repercussions as far as the way he's booked, or 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 anything related to that. Um, well, I mean, and, what's he going to do next? Is he going to rape someone in the middle of the ring? Is he going to, um, you know, is he going to uh, assault a Susan G. Coleman? Uh, you know, uh, survivor, uh, in October, you know, when one of the kids, if he makes it to October, that's going to be very interesting. Is is he going to, you know, one of the warrior kids going to come out, you know, for their warrior award and he's gonna, you know, break the award over the kid's head. I mean, at this point, nothing would surprise me. I mean, it truly shows how much the whole fine and sensitivity (laughs) training is simply Vince trying to save face because, the Lars thing would not go away. Uh, it, it, he's, he's making it worse because he's he's got you know I mean he, he he's got plenty of you know you know he's got plenty of good white boys he could throw away. Yeah, you could have you could have Lars destroy any of them. But I mean, you, I would you, pay, purpose, you purposely had it be Lucha House. Party. I would I I would I would have good I would pay good money to see him do the freak accident on Kurt Hawkins and have Tyson and have Titus O'Neil come to the ring and say, somebody threw away a perfectly good white boy. I mean, you know what? They've been struggling to find something to help EC3 get over. He could have destroyed EC3, put some sympathy on EC3, you know? No, no, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. To get sympathy, you have to care about you in the first place. It's an attempt, Okay. <laughs> And nothing's salvaging EC3 yeah. in WWE. Uh, okay, nothing salvaging him. Maybe, maybe if they if he slammed EC3, maybe that poop would finally come out. I mean, you see how tan he is. Come on, the, the, this was waiting to like make him a star. To get out. Hey, that last one percent. He's got to get that last one percent out. All right. So next we have the. WWE Championship, Kofi Kingston and KO Kevin Owens. Like I said, at this point, I was disinvested in in the pay per view. Um, I at this point, I left it on just to see who won matches. Um, okay. So I I I paid very little no attention to this match. Um, I was so disgusted for shame thing. Um, so no, it, it, basically my principal was just going, Hey, I'll see what's going to happen after this match. But like, yeah. Well, yeah, you missed- I, I, I watched it, but I was also, uh, I was texting you, yeah. uh, for, for, for a lot of this match and, uh, preparing to walk my dog as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't pay as much attention to it as I may have, but, um, it, it looked decent for what it's worth. You would expect a decent match between those two. Uh, and, uh, but I don't think anyone's going to remember it. 
that's a good fair assessment. It was a good match. It was enjoyable. Um, it's definitely not one that's going to be etched, you know, into your, you know, your memory forever. Um, but definitely well paced, well done. Uh, you know, Kofi, you know, retaining his championship without the help of the New Day, um, making him look uh, stronger, especially against an opponent like KO, uh, was definitely a good thing to see. Uh, I think it definitely helps legitimize his win um, at WrestleMania even more by having him be out there without uh, without the rest of the New Day, or in this case, just Xavier since. You know, Big E's on the shelf. Ironically, Big E was there yesterday. Yeah, it was surprising. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the, the Big E was there uh, backstage, and and I, you know, pitched the idea of, hey, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, he was going to be the eight, you know, the eighth guy, um, the horse that, uh. Um, maybe he'd be the the guy, but he wasn't. And um, we, you know, but the I thought being that he was back, maybe they'd have let him appear on camera somehow, whether it was for the you know even celebration or something. But we we saw no appearance of Big E. Um, maybe maybe he was hanging out with Mama Lynch. Mama oh, Lynch, maybe, yeah. There remind me of something. It, it seemed kind of weird to me that they had Becky uh, drop one of her belts and look dumb um, on the night that they were debuting her network special afterward. That was really weird. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, Becky Lynch, and she's blah, blah, blah. We're going to do all this stuff. Oh, she lost her title. And especially because it started at- – you know, with the road to WrestleMania, essentially, with her winning the two things. So it's like, hey, let's watch this thing about Becky winning two belts. But, oh, she just lost one, you know, half an hour ago. Yeah, it was one of the more weird things. I mean, it's I, – I, I couldn't see why they were doing it that way um, because – you know, I'm watching it, and it's like this feel-good story, and 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 it was very blunt. I don't know if either one of you watched it. Um, I I didn't. But she's told talked a lot about like her frustration with WWE and the way they treated her versus um, Sasha and Charlotte, and mm-hmm. like toy manufacturers treated her and stuff like that, and the way she was used mm-hmm. on the roster, and so a lot of blunt stuff. Um, and it's like, oh, here's her feel good moment and she's headlining and she won and, you know, and then it's like, oh yeah, but she, she lost her belt earlier tonight. Right. So it's like, yeah, all that. Okay. Yeah, that's right. She did, but she just lost the thing. Right. And so it doesn't, uh, so to me, it doesn't resonate to say, right. Yeah. That was, that was definitely odd to say the least. Um, but they've they they've been doing odd timing with things like that. It just you know, they just it seems like they're just throwing things together. But speaking of throwing things together, uh, so you mentioned Ace Man. Uh, so let's just set it up for the only one who didn't see it. Sami Zayn was initially supposed to um, be in the match, but he was um, was it was he attacked by Braun? I, uh, I they never the showed who attacked him. He was he initially he you know he came to Triple H earlier in the show and said 
um, hey, I'm, I'm worried about, you know, Braun attacking me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and said, ah, oh, you don't have to worry about anything. And then, you know, some officials came to get Triple H and said, hey, come take a look at this. And you find Sami Zayn hanging upside down by his ankles um, in like a doorway. And they're like, get him down, get him down. And then Triple H accuses Braun of doing it. Braun denies any culpability. Um, and uh, Triple H is like, ah, oh, you're, you're just trying to get uh, his spot in in the match and I'm not going to let you do it. Neither one of y'all are going to be in there. I'll find someone else. And that was where it was left until the money in the bank match. Right. And then, so you had Finn Balor, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet, Randy Orton, Andrade, and Mustafa. Andrade. Andrade. um, Put on a very, um, painful match as we talked about earlier with how these lot of matches go so we're not going to belabor the point um ricochet of course was there to do spots um andrade as, as was and, mustafa ali as was ali yes so get there and andrade and he was also there to do some but obviously he and balor mainly continuing their intercontinental feud within this match as they have a, a match at the next saudi pay-per-view for the ic title uh, so this was really, you know, Ricochet and Ali showing off their athleticism more, and Randy Orton doing what Randy Orton does um, in these matches. And then it looks like that we're going to have a winner until okay, a little, Brock. A little bit of Lesnar. A, a, a little bit of a backstory on that. Um, yeah, uh, Ali was actually told, and everyone in the match was told Ali was going. Uh, over and no one even knew Brock Lesnar was there he was hidden in the building and no one knew he was coming out until his music hit um so when Ali went up to retrieve the briefcase he believed he was winning well that's what the, that's what the rumors I've heard I, mm. I, I don't know, but if that's the case, it's a that's a dick move by by Vince. Yeah, well, what doesn't surprise me at all. And then when you know he came out, uh, and then uh, he froze, realized something was up, and uh, Brock dumped Ali, um, injuring Ali in the process, um, and then he claimed his briefcase. Yes, and sat on top. Now we of the have breaking news to, from, from, to laugh from, at everybody from from the bald mat. The franchise, what you got? Wait. Um, breaking news once again: the uh, the new title. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Uh-oh. It is uh, it is a it is a twenty four seven rule title. It is open to everyone on all rosters, male and female. And it is a green. It is a green belt, gold plating, and it is called the twenty four seven champion. Oh my god! Um, and they've had a scramble to determine the first champion. And if I'm watching this live and seeing this, Titus O'Neil won the title. I'd already lost it, but he defeated by Robert Roode. And now the whole C level roster is chasing Robert Roode to the back. So I imagine the title is going to change hands about five more times before the end of Raw. Oh, my God. Um, 
Kill me now. Kill me now. The 24-7 rule was cool no, for me wasn't. with the hardcore. I liked it, especially because it was comedic. It was fun. It wasn't a serious title, especially when Crash Holly had it. It was fun. It was cheeky. It was entertaining. They overdid it, but I personally enjoyed the 24-7 rule um, with Crash Holly especially carrying it. A simply 24-7 belt period without the hardcore stigma, which, you know, it's just that it, that's just that's silly. Like you could have brought back the Euro the European title. You could introduced a Pan African title, a a uh, an APAC Asia Pacific title. You could have done a South American title if you were trying to get. Well, when I first heard that they were going to introduce a new title, my first thought was Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And an Asian yeah, title. Middle Eastern title or something like that. You know, they've got the they've got the ten year deal with Saudi Arabia. And they, they also they go to Japan every once in yep. a while. Uh, they go you know Australia's not in uh in, in Asia, but uh you know, they go to Australia. You could don't have to name it the Asia title, but I, I thought it was gonna be something like that. And and I, I could I could get behind that. You know, I, I I could see that being a special attraction for these events they're having. Uh, this is going to get old really quickly. In fact, I'm already tired of it. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, I I suggested to, to Matt. Then I heard it said my first thought was like an Asian championship because they're doing like Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and they've got like performance center stuff going on in right, China exactly. and, and things Japan like that. Tours, things like that. Like I'm like I could see because um, also they're trying to open up to India, so I'm like I could see an Asian mm-hmm. title, and I'm like I, that would right. I could see that, um, and I could see them if they said, "Hey, we've got an Asian title, and we're going to crown a champion at this next Saudi Arabian event. We'll have an eight man tournament or something." But this is just stupid. It it, it is, and uh, it, it should be noted. Watching the the announcement by Mick Foley, um, the crowd pooped on it. it. It went over like a fart in church. Uh, did not seem to care. Um, and, and to see the, hey, the first people leave, come out leave, fight for this, leave title Mike are, Duffy are, are out. People of this. that people don't care about. Okay, stop that. <laughs> um, Dang it! But uh, it, 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 this is a, this is a, a desperate attempt to get people to care about wrestlers who will be competing for this thing that people don't, already don't care about. And uh, it, 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 I expect it to die a a, a slow, excruciating death. Yeah, I don't. There are some titles out there and promotions that don't have a, a whole lot of prestige or make a whole lot of sense. I mean, the Ring of Honor six man tag belts, you know, you know, just are kind of there. Um, there's just there's belts there that are just hey, okay, this is kind of hokey, but it it fits the promotion's shtick. This is just you remember that thing that worked for a little bit back in the nineties. It already 2000s. has a Wikipedia page. Let's try it again. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Someone's that dedicated to this. Good, good God! Did you just write that right now? No. Somebody needs. Somebody to really needs. Uh, I was like, I bet it already has a Wikipedia page, and it says WWE Twenty Four Seven Championship is a professional wrestling championship unveiled by Mick Foley. Titus O'Neil was the first ever 
champion on 5-2019. But Bobby Roode pinned him seconds later to claim the championship. Uh, I, that must have been the same guy who had to write that article on WWE.com about the wild card. Like, that poor guy has to write so much crap from what comes out of Vince's mind. Uh, terrible. <laughs> I, I'm looking at this Wikipedia page, and it does already. It says the belt design has already been voted the worst in WWE history. Well, you would think they'd have learned from that stupid green belt that they gave Braun Strowman after he won the Greatest Royal Rumble. The thing was horrifically ugly. Well, for what it's worth, I don't think this is the worst design ever, but it's certainly not. Uh, it's below average, <laughs> but. That's just an indication of how people are already uh, pooping on this this idea. I feel sorry for Mick Foley having to be the one to introduce and it. Mick got a payday. I'm sure he's not stressing it. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't care either way, but uh, whatever. And that's whatever. It's just well, kind of what's dope. crazy is they have Foley make this announcement. Foley never competed for the hardcore title when it was 24-7. Like, <laughs> you could have like um, anybody from that time that had the belt during that time would have made more sense to introduce it then. Then like, you could have Hardcore Holly do it. You can't. Like, you can't have Hardcore Holly do it. Why not? Um, he's been dead for fifteen years. Now you're thinking about Crash. All right. I thought you said Crash Holly. No, no, Hardcore. No, I know Crash had been dead for a while. Mm. Bob Holly. Bob Holly's still live and kicking. Last I heard. The big shot. I got an idea yes. for this belt. You make me the new champion. I beat everybody. I put some put some racing put some I, racing stripes on it and call it the Thurman Sparky plug. I'd care more about Bob Holly as champion than I would this twenty four seven title. I'll just go ahead and say that. Well, I, I don't think Bob's doing it is going to be winning any uh, favor in WWE with what he's been saying on the independent circuit. Yeah, I doubt it too. But I was I was a bit of a mark for the big shot back in about ninety nine. Well, cool. So, but then you find out what, uh, like what he's like in real life, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I'm, His autobiography was entertaining. Yeah. yeah, for what it's worth. DSP Thurman Sparky plug. That was that was uh, his greatest gimmick. I mean, come on, you, everyone loved that, didn't they? Um, Robert Roode is about to lose the title to somebody here. I can guarantee it. He's he's lurking around the backstage area. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of play by play here. And, oh, he's running away. Did he get in the car? Step up there. Did he get huh? in the car and run away yet? Not yet, but he, he's running around backstage. So it's just a matter of well, time. Well, if Road Dog hadn't been fired, I'd say Road Dog would have probably came out somewhere and clotheslined him and pinned him for it. Well, we'll, we'll see who ends up with the title by the end of the night. So where are we? We are back to the ramifications of Brock Lesnar having the money in the bank contract. Well, let me fill you in on what's happened on Raw so far. He he did open Raw with Paul yes. Heyman. Uh, Seth Rollins was quick to come out and and tell him to be a um, man Road and cash in the, the company. By the way, he resigned yeah, as head so. writer, um, but he's still uh, considered a utility player behind the scenes. Oh, well, then he may end up with this championship then. Okay, well, good for him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rollins challenges him. Uh, 
Paul Heyman makes a pretty uh, funny comment about Seth Rollins' girlfriend main eventing. Yeah, he said if you he says uh, uh, this isn't going to be a case where you wait seven hours for your girlfriend to main event. Right. Uh, Kofi comes out and says he wants to face the best, and he challenges uh, Brock. And, and Paul Heyman really puts things into perspective when he talks about how they're both champs, but they're out here auditioning for Brock, which lets you know mm-hmm. it's it kind of a, a a meta way of, of of saying the titles don't matter. It's it's Brock Lesnar that matters. It's that's what mm-hmm. Vince is thinking, and. Uh, not much came out of that other than uh, there's going to be a tag match. We didn't finish talking about the, the finish to Money in the Bank and, and everything here. Yeah, I missed that part. So here's my thing. There, there's an old saying about a dog returning to its own vomit, okay? And that's what Vince McMahon did last night when he went to Brock Lesnar, okay? Because here's what Money in the Bank is supposed to do. Money in the Bank is supposed to establish a new star. Vince went back to an old star, who fans don't care that much about fans get to the point where they have been tired of him and ready to see him go away. And Mm -hmm. Brock, Brock does it. Brock works a limited number of dates. Brock doesn't appear on TV and he holds titles hostage. And that's not what the business needs. Well, I, I think that you could argue. I agree with you about the Money in the Bank device being there to establish new stars. That's what it did for Edge when he he beat Cena the first the first time it was used. I would argue though it has not done an effective job of of doing that at least since WrestleMania 31, when Seth Rollins cashed mm-hmm. in and became champion. I don't think. I mean, I have a hard time remembering who's won it since then, and and I think there's a reason for that. It, it's not been memorable since then. Dean Ambrose. Um, I wasn't Dean. Okay. I wouldn't call that memorable though. But it gave. Well, now that he says that, I remember that, but it it didn't come to my mind naturally, right. and, and and so I, that's one of the reasons why I go back and say I think this whole thing is played out. I'd like it to go away at least. I think it's for been bigger years. for the women than for that. the men. I'd say that. It's, it's, I would it's argue, still new for them. I would agree with that. It's, it's still, right. it's, still it's, new a fresh, it's a fresh so, feel right. where the men has been so stale. Right. Because if you look at that, what is it? It gave Carmella her big push. Um, Lexi um, got the belt back from Nia and it shot off her feud with Rhonda. Um, and then it, it gave kind of the big feel good moment. Uh, last night, so it's been bigger for them. Um, but you've got, um, but and, you know, and uh, Amber is like doing the cash in the same night, having like the, the kind of the the deal with the shield thing going on with them. Um, I thought it was big. I mean, Ambrose wasn't a hugely successful champion, but he and Seth did have some great matches. I thought um, back in sixteen pre-brand split so mm-hmm. if you um and let's not forget it was ambrose who established aj styles yes so it was you know but it was supposed to do that and the big thing they were, they were all going insane in the early stages was hey 
money in the bank for the past two years, and that was when it was uh, Baron and Braun, um, has not been for the man making a a star the way it used to. You know? Right. Uh, we need to go back to that because it did launch a lot of careers um, as far as taking people to the top. Um, Dolph, Miz, CM Punk, um, Seth, um, I'm blanking on people. Edge, you know, obviously, was already said, but there were a lot of people who were brought up, um, I think Swagger, um, that weren't maybe at that level before that were brought up, and now people look back on them because they had those runs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but now, uh, they were going, but now that Brock has it, you can look ahead and see in the future and here's, and I immediately started looking ahead and then I read some kind of like spoiler predictions this morning or or rumors. Um, and I was like, okay, I I pretty much see what's going to happen and not get too far ahead. But every rumor I read this morning was that the planned main event for the Saudi Arabia event is Brock and Seth for the title. Right. And I'm like, okay, if that's the case, then it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. Brock can't be. He may be walking out of Raw tonight. Uh Huh? He may be walking out of Raw tonight with the title if that's the case. Right. But, well, what I would, well, to me, it was they have a match. Brock isn't winning. So he just unleashes mass carnage with weapons on Seth, chairs, anything around the ring, lays waste mm-hmm. to Seth, gets disqualified, continues beating on him until Seth will waste in a pile of run roll, F5s him half a dozen times on chairs and things like that, then cashes in and pins him after he's already lost. Could happen. But is this all to what we said a couple of weeks ago, Matt, you know, leading back to putting Roman Reigns back into the title picture? Because I could see if they, if they put either one of these belts um, back on Brock, it's going to lead to Romans and Roman Reigns and, and Brock Lesnar for the 15th time. Well, you know, I, I'm surprised. I, mean, I, I guess since Brock didn't sign a new UFC deal after all, I shouldn't be surprised, but but, and maybe I missed the rumors. He had no other choice. Yeah, I I I don't think Dana saw more money in him outside maybe the Cormier fight, and that wasn't going to be happening for a while. Well, it's it's real simple. I I broke this down to someone last night because he's going well. Brock still go back to UFC? No, he can't. It's real simple. The contract, the the pay per view structure with UFC has changed. They're not doing buys directly with like Direct TV, Cable Vision, places like that anymore. Where yep. he could say, "Okay, That's here's right. a flat buy," and you and these are the buy a number of buys, and you get your cut over a certain percentage. Now it's all through ESPN Plus, which you have to have a subscription yeah. ESPN Plus to get that. Brock mm-hmm. doesn't like that, so he went you, Uncle you, Dana. You can still. You can still get the pay-per-view through ESPN+. Plus. A subscription doesn't give you the pay-per-view. You still have to pay extra 
for the pay-per-views themselves. I have an ESPN Plus subscription. Right. Well, I'm not saying, I'm saying they events, give you the the the, the pay per view. I'm saying you have to have the subscription to be able to order the pay per view, as it's been explained. Yeah. So he was saying, so he didn't like that. So he went to Uncle Dana, and he said, "Well, since I'm not, I don't have this. It's not as easy for people to get the pay per views as it once was, where you could just go in at the last minute and click play or click order and order the pay per view." They have to do a little bit more planning. Right. I want right. A, a guaranteed deal. I want the money in writing. I don't want it to be a hypothetical. And Dana said no. I can't really blame him for that. And right. he said, well, if I don't have a guarantee, then I'm not coming back. At the same time, right. if you look at it from Dana's point of view, Brock's 41. He has not had an official fight in seven years right so he's right. he he's 41 he hasn't had an official fight in seven years the last fight he had which is an official he popped for drugs rock's always been a nightmare to deal with and dana's taken a hardline stance lately where he's where all these old guard fighters he's not giving in to them Use right. the analogy of George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre's come in and said, well, you know, I want to fight at 155 for the title. I want to fight Khabib. I wanted to fight, you know, he wanted to fight Connor. He wanted to fight, all the, you know, and they're going, and he's going, no, if you, George, if you want to fight, you can come back and fight at 170 where you're most valuable, you know. And if George St. Pierre, who was much more of a company man, and was yeah, it's fake, turning him down. Right, and wasn't a, a nightmare to deal with. Didn't make sponsors mad. Didn't make you know. Yeah, everybody never, mad never made waves. Is is not is not getting what he wants. Then why is he going to go to a forty-one-year-old guy who hasn't had an official fight in seven years, who isn't a two-division champion, and say you know who made sponsors mad, who 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 made other employees mad, who failed a drug test the last time he fought and give him what he wants, which is guaranteed seven figures. The only reason is to think that Lesnar's still a big, a big pay-per-view draw, a big, someone who's going to move the needle. And I'm not sure he still is right. in that world. And, I don't follow that world as closely as some others right. do. And here's the thing. But, he, uh, he, has, yeah, he hasn't, he's had one fight, which isn't an official fight, but he's had one fight in seven years. And he wasn't the main event. He was out in the last minute. An impressive fight for him. On a guy who's basically a pure striker, and he held him down for three rounds. The, 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 right. the, the, the fight with uh, Mark, Mark Hunt, Hunt, right? Yeah. yeah. And he held him down for seven rounds. And I mean, here, here's the thing. That, that's kind of, that was kind of a gimme fight because anyone who knows anything about Mark Hunt knows if you've got wrestling skills, you can hold Mark Hunt down for three rounds. Like Mark yep. Hunt's a great kickboxer, but he's not a, a he doesn't have grappling skills, so that's Zero. always been the hard line on Mark Hunt. So it's so that was like a gimme fight for him, and it was and so it, Brock did like the bare minimum. And here's the thing: he's got an exclusive deal with WWE now. Why is WWE mm -hmm. going to put him in the ring in the octagon? They have to give him special dispensation. Why would they put him in there with a guy who could really hurt him like Cormier because right. Kane who by all accounts Cormier is better than Kane okay? yes and Kane messed him up 
Cage Velasquez beat him badly. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I've still got that fight uh, 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 saved on my computer, and 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 that was like a that was that was like just a beat down. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, why is he going to put him in there with someone who can out wrestle Brock, can out fisticuff Brock, and could actually hurt him? You know. Yeah. Well, I think the the excuse from Brock's side, and I've not seen that fight, but it'd probably be that he still wasn't himself after diverticulitis. Right, but, but the, uh, and, I would. And since kind of Brock had already had his comeback really, fight since then, one so yeah. I, I will say this just to kind of bring it back to wrestling. Uh, if you want to try to look on the bright side. I haven't seen Brock without his shirt off yet, but I have seen him with a loose fitting shirt on tonight. The guy still looks like he's in great shape. We saw him back at WrestleMania. He looked amazing at WrestleMania. He looked great. And he he still looks, from what I can tell, he still looks great. If he can maintain that, maybe we can get more than suplex, suplex, suplex F5 out of him. And, And if he can even... You know, just I'm trying to look on the bright side here because there's not much of one. If, if he if he's if he's there two if he's there two weeks out of the month, and we get more than just the suplex suplex at five, then and he, he's not constantly pushing the title picture. I don't think that people would be that upset to see Brock back. Here's the thing, and I really I really hope they do because suplex 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 f five is is so played out. Now, so is Roman Reigns, but that hasn't stopped Vince from pushing Roman Reigns down our throats. Well, I mean, Brock used to so, be. I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. Brock but I'm used not to be hopeful. one of the best workers in the business, and I love watching his stuff Absolutely. from 2002, 2003, 2000, you know, very early 2004. Um, he, you know, he had you know that two year run he had was great, um, and uh, the matches he had back then. I mean. Uh, I am said hit my favorite Hell in the Cell. You don't hear this very often, but it was him and Taker. Um, that was my favorite Hell in the Cell. Um, but just because it was so brutal. Um, mm-hmm. And you, but like you look at the stuff you used to do. Look at the Iron Man match he had with Angle. Like that was a crazy match. Him and Angle had some great matches. But like mm-hmm. if you, but like, like he's gotten like I don't disparage the type of shades, and I kind of wonder if he's going to go back to a little bit flabbier Brock because he's now not training for real competition. I kind of got he was right. He was in such great shape because he thought he was going back to UFC, and now that he's not. He's going to go. Oh, you know, let's go have some beers, and you know. But, yeah, my, my my glimmer of hope is predicated upon right. him being motivated but and staying in shape. It doesn't take that much, especially when you've been a wrestler your whole life, to do. A German suplex. It doesn't take that much, even to do an F five, unless you're doing it on a really, really large man. So, it's, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where we're gonna have to see. It, it would be nice if Brock could go in there. I mean, suplex city and F five is is Brock Lesnar's version of flippy wrestling. They're just high right. spots. Yeah. Yeah. Predictable high spots. Yeah. And I mean, it's. Now, you might, know, if I was going to fantasy book this, um, which of course we won't get, but 
if we could get Brock more as um, as an enforcer for uh, maybe the power play move to try to for um, Heyman, if Heyman restarted a dangerous alliance and have Brock just be there to you know make sure everything goes Heyman's way, I think it would be interesting to see. Uh, help put some shine on some other guys, especially with this little um, alliance that Elias and uh, Corbin and Lashley have. Put them kind of all together, make them like you know, at, you know, ab- you clients of Heyman's, but pupils of Brock. You know, trying to you know, Brock showing them how to how to get their way, how to be dominant like him. At least would throw something different to the equation. Yeah. Maybe put a little rub on them to have somebody t- have some of these people take them a little more seriously. Uh, it's, but anything but the same old, same old would be something interesting to look at. Yeah, it, it, I, I just found the whole thing really disappointing. There's not a lot of of positive spin. That I, I mean. I said this last week, I'll say it again, I think the best use of Brock Lesnar is as a special attraction, the way they use Cena. When he's there and he's going to wrestle, you bring him in, you do a program with him, you keep him away from the title unless he's going to be there consistently. Like I said last week, last time Cena won the title, he was there every week. He worked on TV. He he stayed there until he lost the title. You know, right. if, you know if Brock's going to win the title, hey, we need you here every week. You don't need to be hunting. You don't need to be doing this. You don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, you know, hey, come in and we'll work you with Roman. We'll work you with whoever. But, you know, at the same time, it's, you know, Brock's a hard guy to deal with. And, um, you know, I, I, I said someone else last time, like, I don't know how much negotiating power he has because if UFC is not going to give him a guaranteed payday unless they really think like AEW can afford him. Well, my thought, which I don't think will happen just to change things up is put him on Tuesday nights. Well, I'm not exactly eager for him to be the one to beat Kofi. But we've seen variations of and, – and by the way, this is a way to get Roman Reigns back with the title eventually. Yeah. But, but, but put him on SmackDown just to change it up. I think that's what, I think that's what they're going to do. I don't know that he'll go for that. I don't know that he's going to want to – you know, if he's working a pay-per-view on a Sunday, I don't think he's, he, you know, he hates to travel from everything yeah. I've heard. So I don't know if he'll do the Tuesday thing, but uh, True. if if he doesn't have as much negotiating strength as he used to, which he doesn't in uh, reality, uh, yeah. but he still wants to make those paydays, put him on SmackDown and give some shine to, to a show that, that, that needs it now that AJ yeah, Styles uh, is on. And also, if they put him on SmackDown, it can draw perhaps the viewership they need to get the ratings back up for their Fox deal. Yeah. And right. and also they can say, hey, look, if you're going to be there, then you can be there when we're on Fox. That's that's network TV. Um, unless I don't want to use air quotes when I call Fox network. 
um, but that's network TV and you can be on there and you can you know and, and hit the larger audience possibly and be a bigger star whatever night they are on Fox that's a possibility right so that would just end up big well we might know more by the end of tonight you know while we're recording this well, maybe he'll cash in for the 24-7 belt uh, now, now give him the twenty four seven belt and just have all these jabronis come up and try but to beat I, him. That, that that might be some that would be entertaining. Yeah, because it's like who's going to really come and challenge Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Put some prestige on the belt. Yes, I, that that would actually not be a bad EC3 idea. C three attacking Brock Lesnar. That I'd pay to see. <laughs> just see Brock murdering these main event. These guys who just show yeah. up on the main event or whatever. That could be fun. Yeah, can you imagine, uh, like, even NXT guys getting to, like, the entire Undisputed Era jumps Brock Lesnar to try to put the 24-7 belt on Adam Cole? Okay, there's some actual shooters in main events, so that 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 might not be the best example, but, you know, may, maybe the Street Profits. There you go. The Street Profits, yeah. <laughs> you see the Street Profits come in dancing at Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Have Brock cash in against the NXT champ. Yeah, I, I, I would feel I would feel bad for Johnny. I, I don't want to see Johnny yeah. get beat up like that. Yeah. That would that would be that would be a massacre. Yeah. Well, well, that's gonna wrap up our Money in the Bank review and our breaking news on the twenty four seven title. Iron Sheik, what do you think about cashing in the twenty four seven belt on Brock? I'm a shooter, man. I'm a shooter. Yeah, he yeah. he would say some of the choice words that we can't repeat on air here as well. What um, you, Brock Lesnar? You are worse than Hulk Hogan, worse than Michael Jordan, um, uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> that, that went somewhere. <laughs> For this special edition, Money in the Bank 24-7 Rule Championship episode of Breaking Ring Rust. I hate it already. I am your host, Rocket Mr. Magic, tag teaming now with the franchise, Matt Privet, and we've got some tag along named The Cold Heart. I think you got the backwards. JT. Yeah. Nah, trust me, I got it right. Mm-hmm. Until next time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get yourself over marks. In all fairness, Matt did sound like more like the old curmudgeon this week than I do. Oh yeah. Hey, I own that. He's embraced his role. Before me, before you, that was me though. So but I was like, wow, he sounds like more you know, he's like an angry old man more than you do. He, he he's like the Pat Buchanan of wrestling here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna own that. I'm gonna own that. Today's project. Today's product makes me a curmudgeon. <laughs>